0: You are listening to a Harbinger Studios podcast. Hello and welcome back to Creator Conversations. This is a podcast where I interview streamers and other creators about what they do, why they do it, and much more. If any of you don't know me, I am T-Rex, or Troy, and I stream at twitch.tv slash T-Rex. That's T-W-R-E-C-K-X underscore. This week, we have Middle Age Stream. His stream is one of a kind. Whether it is his awesome Star Wars themed just chatting screen or his face cam that is a pint of beer, he is pushing the boundaries of what live entertainment can be. Using modern technology to push that creative envelope, he is on the cutting edge of hilarity and being entertaining in a live environment. He is one of my favorite streamers and he is a great person. He is crazy busy with coaching, teaching, and being a father, yet he still manages to be one of the best streams on Twitch right now, inspiring me daily. I urge you to check him out. That is twitch.tv slash middle aged stream. This podcast is bi weekly, and I will try to keep up with that schedule to the best of my ability. If you have any recommendations for creators you would like to see on the podcast, tweet us at creatorconvo pod on Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and let's get into the interview with middle aged stream. Hello and welcome back to Creator Conversations. This week we have Middle Age Stream. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Uh, to begin, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, my my Twitch name is Middle Age Stream. Uh, most people don't call me that. Most people just call me Jimmy um, once they get to know me on on stream. But uh, I'm a variety caster on Twitch. I've been on the platform for over five years, actually. Um, and so I've been around through some iterations, but that's not my main job. Uh, I'm also a high school history teacher and um, I coach sports. I coach, um, I'm an assistant football coach at my high school. And then I'm uh, the head boys soccer coach at my high school. So I'm pretty busy uh, throughout the year. Yeah. Um, I'm married. I, um, I have uh, a nine-year-old son who's really into video games, uh, which I guess this is a really good time for the hymn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, I live in, uh, I live in Texas. I've got, um, a couple of, a couple of dogs, a couple of cats, and I more or less, I guess I could say I got into Twitch and streaming as, um, a way to kind of reconnect with other people playing video games, but we can talk about that later. I'm not going to go totally deep dive right out the gate.
0: Yeah. There's so much to talk about here. Um how did you decide to call your stream Middle Age Stream?
1: So I was asked that a while back um and so so obviously I've been streaming for like I said 5 years when I started streaming I was 33 years old. And so I know this is going to sound weird. It wasn't actually my very first stream name. My first stream name was Niner Jimmy and that was just because it was almost like a gamer tag type of uh, <laughs> name. Um, and my name is Jimmy. I love the 49ers. So I started with that, but it was tied to my personal account. This is before I really knew a whole lot about Twitch. Like I'd only been watching Twitch a little bit off and on. And then I made a Twitch account when I decided to start streaming. I was streaming from uh, my Xbox console with a Kinect camera. Okay. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then I realized, you know what? This is probably not a good idea to tie this name to like my personal Twitter account and everything else because of my Mm -hmm. job as a teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people, students and people were already finding me. I was like, okay, I need to just can the can this. And I gave it some thought about what my name be. I just seen some article like, I don't know, it was like GameSpot or. Kotaku or one of those destructoid maybe I don't know one of those um, video game um, editorials and stuff that they have online and the article mentioned that like the median or or the middle age for people who were playing video games was like 34 or something right now Mm -hmm. and so I was just like okay middle age stream and I knew the type of people I wanted to bring to my channel were going to be the older gamers you know like and not saying I'm not trying to shut myself out of You know, but I'm not the type of channel I wanted to make was something that would cater to not teenagers and not kids, more toward adults and more toward probably older adults. If you were to check, I don't have a way to get a demographic without doing just like Mm -hmm. surveys, but I'd be willing to bet that the the average person who watches my channel is probably uh, a bit older than the average Twitch viewer. Yeah. So the the name more or less came from a desire in my mind to kind of cater toward that and um and then also just embrace the fact that I'm not a young guy anymore either you know I mean I'm I'm not old <laughs> I'm far from it but I'm I'm probably older than your average Twitch streamer um I know mm-hmm. there's older Twitch streamers than myself out there who kind of make fun of me because of my name at times which they think is funny <laughs> um they're like well if you're middle-aged what am i like okay okay it's it's not i'm not saying you know it's it's more about the that median and less than than being old but it kind of gets taken all different ways and um, yeah but i feel like i'm i'm stuck with it and not stuck in a bad way but i feel like i've been doing it for so long that it would just be weird to be anything else so i just kind of and i made that decision a few years back
0: so you never uh consider changing it
1: i did in fact. My it has changed once because I used to be the middle aged stream. And I I, want, I I think it was um, my friend's um, bad, bad robot. Uh, he used to be the bad, bad robot. And he changed it. And I was like, you know, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to take the V out of mine, too. And so I ended up changing mine down the road. And I had talked to other people, but I think seeing him do that, it kind of made me realize you don't need the, the uh, you don't need the in there. So.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, most people who come around your stream and stuff, don't, don't call you by that name. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, most people will call me, you know, Jimmy or Jimbles or some combination thereof. Um, and sometimes people just say Moss, like, you know, is it kind of, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'll just put MAS and that's fine too. Like those are probably the most common things that people will say.
0: Yeah. Um, what's your history with video games as a whole? So I've been
1: playing video games um, since I was little. Like I, the first video game that I remember playing was on the like Atari 2600, I think, or 20. I don't remember what's tw- an Atari 20 some- something series. It had like the wood grain <laughs> paneling and just Whew. like the single paddles with one button and then like a joystick with one button. Um, That's awesome. Playing games like Combat and Defender and the shitty Atari version of Pac-Man. Um and I hope I'm I'm gonna try and uh keep my swearing down for the sake of your podcast. Ah, I don't
0: worry, don't worry too much about it.
1: Okay, I didn't want to uh um offend anyone, but um but yeah, so it started there and then I didn't get my own console besides an Atari till much later. Like my first kind of experience really um was on a bad console, but then it was with computers and computer games. My dad bought, I think in somewhere around 1986, and I was only like five years old. My dad bought a uh, Tandy 1000 computer from Radio Shack, and I remember him playing like adventure games, like the Sierra games, like Leisure Suit Larry and Space Quest and uh, King's Quest and all this other stuff. And so I started watching him play those games, and then he gave me his old computer, which was like a VIC-20 with a <laughs> it, it, and I don't know if you're familiar with that but it's no. it's super old it has no real hard drive you write programs in BASIC on it and you run Oh my god. you run it through a cassette like it stores the data on an audio cassette tape. <laughs> okay? So that was my first computer and so and there were these books that would be like an adventure game you could program and it was basically just a bunch of characters on the screen but You read this book and then you'd write a program in basic and then you would screw up one entry, one keystroke and the whole program wouldn't work. But (laughs) I used to, that was kind of like my first games, which I know sounds maybe really lame today compared to what people have, but I loved it.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
1: It was interesting. (laughs) Like, I I mean, it it makes me feel a little old, you know, because by comparison, my son just turned nine. And, you know, when I was nine, I... I didn't even have my first game boy yet. Like yeah. I, I was still playing like tiger Electronics stuff and I didn't get a game boy till my 10th birthday. Um, and then later that year, um, Christmas time, you know, my parents, my parents, we weren't, we didn't grow up from like, a. my parents weren't super wealthy. Um, my dad was in the military. My mom was a nurse. So we weren't, um, struggling to put food on the table or anything, but there was three of us kids and, You know, um, it was video games weren't a priority for my parents to get me. So Mm. I had to play a lot at other friends' houses and stuff. And I begged and begged and I got a Game Boy for, um, my 10th birthday. So the Game Boy had probably been out for a little over a year, um, when I got one. And then when the Super Nintendo came out, my best friend, when I was in elementary school, he gifted me for Christmas, his old Nintendo and all his games. Oh, that's nice. That was my first Nintendo console. And it was when the Super Nintendo came out. And I loved it. I mean, I've still played. Yeah. When I was at his house, I got to play Super Nintendo. Then I got to play Nintendo at my place. So.
0: Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you think of, like, the evolution of video games as as someone who, is, who had to, like, code their own video games.
1: Well, I don't want to call it code because it wasn't like I was writing the code. <laughs> I was yeah. just, I was literally doing data entry. Um. But it was I was learning how to type, you know, and so that was helpful. Um, yeah, I'm not a master typist or anything, but I can easily hammer out forty to fifty words a minute if I need to, you know, yeah, um, which is okay, you know, but um it's it's incredible to me how things have evolved in the sense of not just realism, but just everything. I mean, just the from having little pixels on a screen, these little teeny sprites that were not very detailed to, very realistic stuff. And it's not just the 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 way the video looks now. It's the amazing audio. And there's... I mean, yeah. there's, there's voice acting in video games that's better than stuff you see on TV shows and movies. Yeah. And that's just mind-blowing to me from, like, where we've come. I think back to playing, like, Space Quest 3 and, like, you know, typing stuff into the computer like pick up book or... You know, <laughs> I mean, playing, like, old text interface games yeah. that you would have to beat your head against the wall sometimes to find a solution. And now you're playing games like animal crossing and it's just, I don't know. It's incredible. It's incredible how far we've come.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. So in all those, in all those years of gaming, is there any like gap in your uh, gaming repertoire?
1: Um, so I've honestly been very consistent in all parts of my life when it comes to playing video games. The only difference has been, what system I've been playing them on the most. You know, like mm-hmm. when I was a kid, of course, you know, we went through that. I had a Nintendo 64. Um, I also ended up getting a PlayStation 1. Um, and then later I had the PS2. Like I've had pretty much every single console that has existed for all the major consoles. Like I've missed, Um, I didn't get a Virtual Boy. I never had a Dreamcast or a Sega Saturn. I really wasn't, I've never owned any Sega console except I had a game gear for a little while, but that thing ate like six AA batteries in two hours. So <laughs> that didn't get a lot of play time, you know? Yeah. Um, so there hasn't really been a gap per se. I, I mean, now I still do play most of my games on console, even though I have a computer that's powerful enough. Um, but I feel also like this is a little streamer hack I have. Um, if those people that don't feel they have the, um, Maybe the ability to run a two PC setup, like I don't feel like I have the expertise in computers to do that successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, they can essentially buy a good capture card and use their one. If you have a good single PC setup, I mean, if you're playing on a console. It does all the, the work for you. So you just got to worry about the encoding of your stream. So it's kind of yeah. like having a two PC setup. When And because you can only push out a certain resolution on Twitch, a lot of people usually tell me, hey, man, your stream looks pretty good. Are you using a two PC setup? I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I am not.
0: That's awesome. I feel like uh, capture cards come with a little bit of... Uh, Technological knowledge as well, though, with like trying to get audio from your console to capture it in OBS. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to have to have some technical know how, but it's nothing you can't teach yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I had no idea how to even build a PC, like until I decided to, I really wanted to get more into Twitch streaming when I decided maybe this Xbox and the connect aren't really what I want to do anymore. Maybe it's time to upgrade. And so I watched YouTube videos and just taught myself how to build a computer. Um,
0: yeah the best best way to learn anything is to just uh do it
1: absolutely no i'm um and I'm very much a visual learner, so I love YouTube for being able to look up stuff If I see someone else doing it, I can usually emulate that if i know what if I know what to do ahead of time and what it looks like so
0: totally so with um with all the games you've played in your life mm-hmm. did you ever consider going? Down the route of, like, making video games or having some involvement in video games professionally?
1: You know, not really. Um, I think the only thing, and this has kind of crept up, and I need to get off my butt and try and do something about it, um, is put myself out there. Like, the only thing I even thought about maybe at some point was getting into some voice acting work. Oh, yeah? But that's really it, just because I, when I was a kid... I really enjoy doing impressions. And even as an adult, like I don't mind putting on a fake accent here and there. it just be, <laughs> I don't know. I and mean, I'm just saying you have to do fake accent work, obviously. I'm just, it's just fun, you know, like, but, it, but I understand the creation of games takes, I mean, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of long hours. And uh, while that would be cool, I, I I'm not saying I wouldn't love to do it. I just, for me, it would be less in the programming part and more into the on the creative storytelling side, I think would be awesome. Um, yeah. I just don't know if I'm as uh, creative enough to, to do that sort of job full time. You know, it's a lot yeah. of work. I know a lot of people put a lot of hard work in that.
0: Totally. Um, do you have any favorite video games? I mean, I always have, I, I think
1: for me, um, it's hard for me to play MMOs because I have a hard time sticking to just one single game Yeah, uh, for lots of hours. Uh, so I, I know it's kind of the cliche term to say variety streamer, but I, I really am because I don't ever stick to one game for too long. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like to play all kinds of games. So if it's hard for me to really say favorite, I, some of my favorites are older. Um, I think animal crossing is probably going to end up being one of my favorites. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I've already loved the old ones, but this new one is so good. Um, and then, you know, I love the Mass Effect series. I still am yeah. need to finish. I've been doing a playthrough of uh the series again, but I got hung up uh I'm toward I'm, I'm like two-thirds of the way through Mass Effect 2 and all this other stuff was going on and I need to get back to it. The problem is it's hard to get back to old games you've played before when there's always great new games to play, you know. Totally. Um, because some people even told me, like, man, you should play more retro games, you know, your community likes it. I'm I'm a Fan of a lot of the retro community on Twitch. I watch a lot of those streams. Um, some of yeah. my favorites are on that side of the platform, and um, I love retro games, but I also love new games. So it's hard for me to just play one type of game, you know? Yeah. Um. So, but my favorite games of all time, the Mass Effect trilogy, um, is the old Sierra classics, the Quest for Glory series, which I am also planning on playing through some more. I did the playthrough of Part One a few months back. Um, and, uh, and do some more of those. And then my favorite Nintendo game, which is going to sound weird, but I played it probably more than any other, not that it's the best Nintendo game ever created, but, um, my parents, like I mentioned, they didn't spend a lot on video games. So you play a game like hours and hours over and over and over again, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's not like today. I think that's one of the biggest differences with game pass and all these games as a subscription services now, like there's never. A situation where you're like well i only have this game to play <laughs> i yeah. mean yeah it's for for five bucks or ten bucks you can have like a hundred games to play you know so it's crazy you know um so Mega Man 3 was the the game i i played that uh, one like i knew all the ins and outs to that game all the cheats all the everything because <laughs> i probably logged 500 hours playing that when i was a kid
0: yeah, Mega Man X is is one of my favorites.
1: That's a great one too. Yeah. And I didn't realize how hard it was till I tried playing it again like a year ago. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. man, this game's freaking brutal.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mega Man games are tough. Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially if you haven't played in a while.
0: <laughs> so what kind of um what's your history with with Twitch as the platform?
1: So I just kind of randomly got into Twitch. Um it was like fall of twenty fourteen. Um, which I know, I'm thinking in my head that is not too long ago. Man, that was like over six years ago, so or nearly six years ago. <laughs> and uh, it was fall of 2014. I had an Xbox One, pretty much from right when they came out, and um, because my wife had bought it for me for present. And so anyway, I was I just noticed one time I was looking at like the the game shop looking to buy a, an Xbox game. And it said, see live gameplay on Twitch. I'm like, what? Live gameplay on Twitch? Like I'd heard of Twitch, but never seen Twitch. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure enough, there was some streamer streaming an Xbox game that I was thinking about buying. And I was fascinated by it. Like I had never really thought about this as a platform. So I started watching Twitch streams and uh, watched a bunch of small ones of people streaming from their Xbox. And I watched a bunch, um, a few never really got into the large community streams but the biggest one i watched early on is a guy who's still streaming called tiger rider i don't know if you've ever heard of him or not Mm -mm. um but um he's a pretty he's been partnered since pretty early on and he um he has a pretty high quality stream he was kind of an inspiration for a lot of the choices i made when i started streaming and and kind of what i at least initially kind of saw um as far as how i saw myself streaming
0: When did you start streaming?
1: I started streaming a few months after that. um, January of 2015. And I did that with an alt account. I told you my first. Yeah, yeah. I did that for like two or three weeks. And then when I started getting trolls, I was like, oh, okay. I need to totally do this anonymously. (laughs) Set up an entirely different, you know, Twitter and email and everything. So I did that. And so that was February of 2015 um, when I started.
0: Yeah, so. So, what was your computer situation at the beginning?
1: So, in the beginning, I just streamed straight from my Xbox One and Connect, and I did that for about three months before yeah. I decided I wanted to up my qual. Because there's only so much you can do from just a console, you know. And I'm yeah. and I'm not. I'm I'm grateful. I did. I met a lot of great people early on uh, by doing that, and it helped me get a little bit of a following. I still have people that were there when I f- were was first streaming from my couch that are still around which is incredible to me um because it was bad (laughs) (laughs) it was really bad and uh a lot of that first year two probably three honestly if i'm being real honest maybe three and a half (laughs) those first few years of streaming man they were pretty cringy and uh, i was pretty bad at it and i learned a lot of hard lessons a lot of dumb things um Like not having your microphone face the correct way for nine months or, (laughs) um, you know, streaming and forgetting to unmute your mic for hours on end. I mean, I made every mistake you can think of. I made it just about. Um, The only thing I think what kept people around was I usually try and be open and real with people and uh i try and provide a stream that people can come in relax they can lurk they can chat there's a lot of really cool people that hang out regularly in my channel um and i mean that's the sort of thing that it doesn't happen overnight i think what some people think they're just going to start streaming and get a great community of people i mean it takes time to build that sort of thing yeah and for some people it happens fairly quickly but for most, it doesn't. And I'm, and I'm definitely in the, <laughs> it took a while, but uh, I'm happy with it now. I really am. Like I've, ha- I've never been having more fun streaming on Twitch than I'm having now, which makes me realize it's a good hobby, you know?
0: Yeah. So what changed in your stream quality? At what point did you like decide that to, to start working harder in terms of quality on Twitch?
1: I think uh, I was inspired by a lot of other streamers, um, Knackers in particular, um, yeah. uh, who I've, I've become great friends with. Like I've visited them. I'm really sad because uh, I have visited Knackers and Bad Bad Robot um, and a few of other of our friends. But those guys in particular early on was what, what got me out there. Those guys, um, I have I've visited them in, in Michigan like every year for the last four years. And this will mm-hmm. be the first year that I won't be able to do that probably, you know. Which is a little upsetting. We we call it MitchCon, you know, and I'll I'll come <laughs> uh, and we hang out for a few days. We drink and and Knackers he's and and same with his brother BBR. Like they helped me so much with doing how to do things on stream, and they gave me so many great ideas. So a lot of my inspiration uh, to improve the quality came from those dudes um, in particular. Yeah, um, but and then part of it's just being a streamer too, like you know. I, I'm always trying to focus on at least one thing that I'm improving. And I know that sounds like an old cliche type of bit of advice, but for me, I got so many other things going on. And I know a lot of other people do too, that if you try and focus on too many things that you're trying to fix at once, nothing gets fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, it was just one thing at a time. Like, okay, I'm going to work on my overlays this month. Okay. This month I'm going to work on, you know, uh, positioning my microphone the correct direction. Uh, this month, I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean. It was just yeah. little stuff, and over time, it gets better. And it took yeah. a long time <laughs> for it to get better. <laughs> but but people still stuck around. So I was inspired to do it, and I've slowly. I'm on my second PC, um, and I'm fortunate enough that I've got enough of a, a following uh, on Twitch. That I mean, it was entirely funded by the community. I mean, I, I I didn't pay anything, really, for it was all funded through over several a long period of time. It wasn't overnight, but i I saved up what they had been um you know, tipping and and giving in bits and subscriptions. I just saved it all up. and then I had enough to totally purchase all the parts for a brand new computer. Um, and now my old one that I built has become my son's computer, um, which is perfect. It's got a 4790k and a 1070 graphics card in it. I mean, the kid's 9. <laughs> I mean, he's got a pretty good setup, way better than I had, my Vic yeah. 20. So I'm not feeling bad for my kid.
0: <laughs> so, do you have any goals in terms of Twitch? Like do you want to be full-time?
1: I don't have any, uh, any aspiration to be a full-time streamer because I think for me at least um it would probably take some of the enjoyment out of it, you know. I only have so much energy that I can give to this platform. Uh, weekly I feel like I kind of hit my limit when I hit three or four times I go live in a week which is rare that I go live four times Um, I'm only usually only schedule um, when I'm working um, two streams a week yeah and it's hard to grow sometimes when you're not streaming more than a couple times a week and that's one of the the trade-offs you have to have but uh, when I'm not working I'll go to three to four and even though I enjoy doing that by that fourth stream in a week, I'm just tired. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm tired, man. Like I could never see myself. It is really exhausting at times streaming, not because it's not fun, but because your brain is having to keep track of about a million things at once. And it's not a habit that you develop easily. It just happens over time and how to manage your stream. I mean, if you're trying to put out a quality stream, some people can do this sort of thing flawlessly, but I think, Most of us are like my category where, you know, it takes time to learn this skill. It's not something, you know, you you can learn overnight for most.
0: Yeah. So was it a hard decision to uh, invest time and energy into this hobby when you have a job and you're coaching and you have a kid?
1: Yeah, it was, but at the same time, like, it all comes down to managing time, and if one thing I've gotten better at as a result of this hobby is managing time and being able to keep a schedule and be disciplined about when you game, I mean, honestly, 95% of my gaming is done when I'm streaming. Like, I don't game a lot Mm -hmm. outside of Twitch anymore, and that kind of got into one of the reasons why I wanted to stream, Um, and I I was kind of broaching this at the beginning of the podcast, but... I was at a point in my life where gaming wasn't as fun to me because a lot of my friends um in my social circle weren't playing video games and and my social circle became older guys that I was working with. I mean, yeah, I still had a few friends in in town, but most of them didn't play video games the way I did, and the ones that because of you know their their professional obligations, they just weren't into them. So the only people that I knew that were into video games were people on the internet um mm-hmm. and so. I, I've I've said this before on stream, but I kind of like Twitch because it's like the same feeling I get hanging out with people in you know my community and other Twitch communities. Is that you get this feeling like you're gaming and just having a good time with friends on the couch? Yeah, I mean that's the feeling I get when I stream on Twitch, and that's one of the main reasons why I do it. Um, and it's a, it's a good feeling and it's a fun hobby and I've met the most awesome people around the world thanks to twitch i wouldn't have the opportunity to even sit on this creators podcast if it weren't for twitch so yeah. i owe a lot to twitch and i'm I'm thankful
0: for it yeah i definitely think there's there's a large portion of people who go to twitch to play to like hang out with people and play video games right Absolutely. but i think that uh i think that like your stream in particular is um on the like the higher peak of these things and that yours is providing like really quality production and entertainment and like your scene changes and, and all of that is, it feels like more than sitting on a couch with someone. It feels like I'm like watching almost like a TV show.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I have struggled. It's definitely not perfect. I, I know there's a lot of amazing creators that do amazing things, uh on Twitch. Um, but to even be mentioned that um you feel that way makes me feel good. I'm I'm definitely try to keep the production quality up because I think um being able to have something to enjoy, whether you're listening or watching, I mean that's a goal that I think most most uh creators on Twitch probably have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool to see that like production like live production quality and also have that live interaction, you know? I think that's something that Twitch offers that other places don't. Like, you can sit down and watch a TV show and be entertained, but you can't interact with those people.
1: Oh, my content wouldn't be nearly as palatable if it wasn't live. <laughs> 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 I mean, let's face it. I mean, that's that's the whole beauty of it. Um, yeah. is the live aspect. I mean, people will go back and watch VODs of stuff they're interested in, but the truth is, I mean... Vods are there to make highlights and clips and stuff like that and a lot of people the, the things they use those for or to or locally record them um is for other platforms. That's one part of why in my opinion one of the reasons why my growth hasn't been great um compared to some other people um is that I am very bad at using social media to promote mm-hmm. myself. Like that is probably yeah. my biggest weakness as a streamer without a doubt. Um I'm really bad at social media. I'm not very good at using Instagram um and I'm not very good at Twitter either. <laughs> so yeah. I think if I was better at using other platforms and just taking the time like to just pull out some clips it's what the what people I guess I've just made the decision that I just don't care. You know, like I I don't <laughs> I don't really care. Like I'm my goal is to become this huge streamer. Like I'm happy. I get an average audience. My average viewership is around 25 concurrent. You know? Um, mm. that's not a very that's not very big, but if you compare that to most people streaming, that's pretty good. So I'm like, I'm not I don't feel bad about I don't want to compare myself to other streamers. I know there's um I I'm very happy with what I've been able to do on Twitch. It's, it's beyond what I ever thought I would even do on Twitch. So Mm -hmm. I I mean, every day to me is just like, it just wows me more than the day before. So I, I mean, I love, I love the platform. I love all the creators on the platform. Most all the creators. I've I've met a lot of really great people, met some not so great people, but, uh, after you spend (laughs) enough time on the platform, you, you know, where to, uh, you you know who the good ones are, so yeah. Um. Anyway,
0: yeah, totally. Well, I can't have you on the podcast and not talk a little bit about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your history with Star Wars and why it's so ingrained in your stream.
1: So, not just in my stream, but in my own life, and that's that's the thing. I've <laughs> always loved Star Wars. It's been my favorite movie since I was could even remember watching movies. Um, mm-hmm. I saw Star Wars. Like First of all, you should know that Star Wars came out in 1977, which you probably are aware of, but mm-hmm. I wasn't born until 1981. So Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back had both come out in the movie theater before I was born. Jedi mm-hmm. came out, I was two. <laughs> so I never got to see them in the movie theater. So I didn't really understand like the big hubbub, but I mean, it was already big, don't get me wrong, before I was, mm. you know, but... When I was, I think my parents had HBO and they would pirate movies off HBO with uh, like a VCR and they would just record. You know, they give you the warning not to do it, but everyone did that. Yeah. And so that was my first experience watching Star Wars was on a a shitty recording from HBO on a CRT television where it wasn't even full. It was like cropped aspect ratio, you know. (laughs) And uh, I loved it. And I fell in love. And the first one, I didn't even watch the original. The first one I even watched was Empire Strikes Back. So, like, I hadn't even seen the first one. And I was probably four years old um, when I saw it for the first time. And I loved it. And everything about it, I used to dress, try to dress up like Luke Skywalker. Like, he was my hero. (laughs) And I used to simulate the fight. Like, I had the sticks. Uh, I would go out in the backyard and try and reenact the fight with Vader that he has in the, you know, in cloud city and just <laughs> everything about that movie as a four and five year old boy, like I just thought it was the greatest thing of all time. And so yeah. that started my love for Star Wars and it's never really stopped. Like I've, um, when they re-released it in 97, they re-released the original Star Wars films and theaters. I was in high school at the time. And so I went and got to watch the movies i loved as a kid and had already mm-hmm. been reading a lot of books and comics and stuff. Um, I went and watched them in the movie theaters blown away. The special editions, you know, where they added like two or three minutes of extra content that yeah, yeah. all the fanboys lost their shit over. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, it's a fucking movie. But anyway, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so watch those. And then episode one, what everyone had been waiting for, you know, they announced yeah. that. And I mean, I could not have been happier, you know, no new star Wars movie. They've been talking about this. They're going to do the prequels, Been looking forward to this thing for years. And I, I get it. We my buddies, this is in the days before online ticketing, too. So my, mm-hmm. they, we got in line like the day before the tickets went on sale at the movie theater, <laughs> like physically in a line when I was a senior in high school. Like we were on the news. There's a VHS tape somewhere of me and some of my high school friends. It's here in my house. I got to find it because I'm sure my wife would get a kick out of it. Me and some of my high school friends waiting in line. Um, and they it was right before the the box office opened and so we were standing there in line like the news um was like a news camera came by and we were messing around with somebody's like toy lightsabers and they asked if they could shoot some footage and ask us some questions and we were like yeah we're basically cutting school to uh to get star wars tickets and we don't care <laughs> you know <laughs> um and uh you know, to a lot of people, that movie and the, the prequels were They Yes. Were they flawed films? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. as a Star Wars fan, like I ate them up. I still loved them all. The, my favorite was Revenge of the Sith. Um, I actually prefer yeah. the first one over the second one. But I've been there opening night for pretty much every single Star Wars movie. Um, the only difference was Revenge of the Sith. I was actually deployed to Iraq. I was in the army at the time when that one came out. And... So I didn't get to see it live, but we reached out to people at Lucasfilm, and they sent a copy for us to watch in oh, the desert. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we actually got to watch that movie only a few days after it was released um, in the States, and they sent wow. us a viewable copy that we got to, we got to watch. That's um, awesome. It was very cool, and um, I thought I was very humbled that they would do that, that we got to screen and watch Revenge of the Sith together on a projector yeah, cool. in the middle of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> So.
0: so what do you think about the uh, the Disney overhaul?
1: You know, there's flaws with them, too. Um, but the truth is, I, I enjoyed them quite a bit. Like, I loved all of mm-hmm. them. I, I cried the most in the second one. Um, like, yes, I cried. Right. Like, I, It actually emotionally got to me the end of um, uh, The Last Jedi.
0: Oh, man. Like, I thought that movie was bad.
1: See, I know a lot of people hated <laughs> it, but I actually really liked it. And I... I mean, I get the hate. Like I'm not saying that your opinion is wrong. I I, yeah. under, I understand. There's some things, but for me, I've been such a Star wars uh, fan my entire life that I just love more Star Wars. So when there's news, yeah, sp- like yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm not quite to the level I don't know if you you see that video that was going around with like the this one guy who looked like, you know, some white guy in his mid to late thirties, perhaps, and he's watching the trailer for the first time, and he does like a reaction video. There was this this video going around with this guy, and he's just got this gleeful he's so happy there's Star Wars coming out. <laughs> he's like crying, and he's just it's this great reaction video.
0: I have not seen that.
1: I'm not quite that level, okay, but mm-hmm. I'm probably just an octave or two below that guy. So anytime <laughs> there's new Star Wars shit, like I'm running around like i'm a you ask my wife, I mean, new yeah. Star Wars trailer for a movie comes out. I'm dancing around the house like, let's go watch watch the trailer on the TV on the four k TV. <laughs> You know, like, it's a big event. So I'm not your average Star Wars fan. I think I'm a little beyond that. So for me, almost any new Star Wars is good Star Wars, even if it's flawed. And I enjoy the Disney trilogy, the sequel trilogy. I know they're going to make more films. The stuff that's on TV is great. The Mandalorian, one of the coolest shows ever. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, oh, God. So it's really, I think the toxicity of a large fan base is, can sometimes mm-hmm. overwhelm the fact that most people just still love the hell out of this stuff so yeah yeah um that's i think i'm in the majority there
0: did it hurt at all when disney announced that the expanded universe was like no longer canon
1: not really although it does make me want to just get rid of all these books i have on my bookshelf that <laughs> are no longer canon like i literally have 50 Star Wars books that I'm facing right now on my bookshelf and they're all no longer canon I'm like well I'm probably never gonna read those again <laughs> <laughs> you know so I'm like I probably yeah. just need to take them to the damn bookstore and just say hey here enjoy
0: but they announced the uh the high republic the what the hi- the the high republic they, I haven't they, read
1: yeah a- I haven't read a Star Wars book in in since the Disney acquisition that is yeah. one thing that happened like I think I had invested so much in Star Wars books that when they announced that it was all not canon, I was just like, well, guess I'm not buying any more Star Wars books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not starting this over. So in a way, they lost some business on that when that happened. I guess that was yeah. the repercussion.
0: Makes sense. They have like a new team of writers doing a new okay, it's essentially the Old Republic, but they're just calling it the High Republic.
1: Oh, I got you. OK, well, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I may now that I have more time off. Like I've been reading like comics. I haven't read comics in forever, and i, I downloaded, <laughs> I downloaded um like a collection. I didn't realize the Ninja Turtles comic got a reboot in like 2011, yeah. and they have a ton out. And I downloaded the first collection, and I'm like, this is good. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and the uh, and Comicsology, it's yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're great. And the uh, the Star Wars comics with, like, Luke, Leia, and Han are really good.
1: I've heard, too. I'm probably going to try that out. Um, I really yeah. enjoy reading comics on my iPad. It's a great medium to read a comic book Totally. From. Yeah.
0: And, and the, like, the way Comicsology works, where it, like, zooms in on each picture or whatever, it's great. Awesome. Um, have you been to Galaxy's Edge yet?
1: No. It's, it was actually, we were probably going to go this summer, unfortunately. Not now. Yeah. Um. Because I, um, my sibling lives in LA, and um, whenever we go visit there um, to uh, my to their place, we basically uh, go to Disneyland every time. So it's like every other year. Mm-hmm. We didn't go last year, so we were planning on going back this summer, and uh, unfortunately, that won't happen given the COVID nineteen epidemic. That's probably not going to happen. So um, mm-hmm. we will go. The net when that'll be one of the things that. When this is all said and done um, and, and I can hopefully, you know, keep my family safe and, and make it through the other end of this um, mentally, emotionally and physically unscathed, then I'm going to take my family to Galaxy's Edge. That will be yeah. when this is all said and done and there's a vaccine and, you know, things have gotten better. That will be our way to say it's over, you know. We, yeah, yeah. And that'll be a cool way to celebrate, I think.
0: Yeah galaxy's Edge is is very cool and i you will love it
1: i i can't wait i really can't can't <laughs> yeah. wait
0: have you played um the the new the respawn game
1: oh absolutely yeah the uh uh jedi fallen order yeah yes i did i i got it pretty much on release and mm-hmm. I, I just about every star wars game that's come out in recent years i've gotten on release and uh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I yeah, was one of those people great. that enjoyed uh, Sekiro, even though I couldn't beat it. It was so hard, <laughs> um, but I actually enjoyed it, and so it kind of, it kind of made me feel like I was playing like a Star Wars Sekiro. Um, yeah, the
0: combat's kind of similar.
1: Yeah, and that, I really enjoyed that quite a bit, and I, I'm yeah. excited that I heard that a, a sequel's possibly already in production, and I mean that would be amazing. So yeah,
0: that was great. You call your community nerfs? Yeah. Could I mean, you not that really. A little bit? I
1: mean, it, it's <laughs> it, that's a Star Wars reference. I only really do it like in Discord, um, uh, more than anything. Instead of just saying "Hey, you guys," I, mean, I just thought it would be better to come up with something. So, like a nerf is like this type of um, animal in Star Wars. So it's kind of just like a Star Wars reference. That's it. Yeah. That's the only reasoning behind that.
0: <laughs> well, I like it. Thank you. All right, pivoting from Star Wars now. Uh you do this thing on stream now recently where you uh turn yourself into a like a pint of beer. Yes. Could you like elaborate how did this come to happen? How do you do it?
1: <laughs> okay. So when I started streaming, most of the streams that I watched and had seen had all had a a face cam, you know, like a, something where you see the streamer. Were there mm-hmm. other streams that had it that didn't have a face cam sure. But most of the popular streams on twitch they all have a face cam and so in my mind when i started streaming i needed to make sure i had a cam never mind the fact that i feel extremely awkward and just weird having a camera in front of me and it gives me had been given i was just like okay this is just a feeling you're just gonna have to get over it right well years have gone by and i never really gotten over that feeling and it got to Mm -hmm. the point where i was starting to get anxiety about streaming just because i was thinking about stupid webcam all the damn time and how things how i was looking in front of the webcam and then the stuff behind me like it was just attacking my brain i didn't Mm want to stop streaming so i took a break from using the cam and when my viewership didn't go down it kind of gave me the confidence to say you know what maybe i don't actually need a webcam maybe people just want to come hang out with me for me um and so that was, yeah, right? Maybe they maybe they don't want to be a, a voyeur and look. Maybe it doesn't even matter. I, I, that came out wrong. I, what I meant to say was maybe people didn't need to see me, you know, to, for me to, uh, to stream on Twitch. And um, so I was trying to think of ways to uh, still provide some entertainment because part of my entertainment in the past had been the things I would do in front of the camera. And, like, that's even mm. where my – my first emote came from the beer dancing emote, you know, the mid one beer. That's the origin of that was me doing what's called a beer dance. Where like, I would be going to get another beer and do a little dance as I was going away from my computer. That's how all that started. And I have the dancing beer emote. I haven't done a beer dance in ages, but that's, that's the origin story of that emote, you know? It's awesome. Um, and it's a cool little emote. Like it looks like something um, like you'd see like in a cartoon somewhere. Like, I just think it's cool. And, um, Anyway, to make a long story longer, uh, (laughs) I just started feeling uncomfortable being on the webcam all the time. And it was giving me, you know, mild anxiety, nothing major, but I was like, okay, let's try this without a cam. I did it without a cam for a while. And then I thought, okay, if I'm not going to do a cam, could I do something on stream that could still bring like a sense of there being somebody there instead of just this disconnected voice. Um, And so that's where the idea of using a beer came from. And I had done this in the past with this software called face rig. It's on, um, you can buy it on steam. You're probably familiar with it. And they have a bunch of like default avatars you can use. And then there's some that people have made that you can download, but I wanted something that was unique to the channel. So I reached out to an artist, um, that actually lives out in like Eastern Europe. And I had seen some of their work on like, uh, I was looking at websites, looking for people who made these avatars. Cause I didn't know how I'm not one, I'm not an artist. And two, I don't know how to make, create a 3d model in using that software. Um, mm-hmm. So I reached out to this artist said, can you make using, I gave the template of my emote, um, the dancing Is that like, could you make a face rig avatar of me using this as your template? And she said absolutely <laughs> so that's i said awesome. cool so i i paid her to do that and then um i started using that and that's been now for the last for a while now um a few months um and, and it's been cool because i realized once i started that there was a potential to do other things like i've made a few stupid scenes that you know yeah. like i'm a fake judge in one scene and <laughs> i'm a. I'm a crime detective. Uh, I've got me with a monocle sitting by a fireside. I, like I have a character called professor pint, you know, that, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've been using the channel points to where people can activate me using these scenes and doing something. And I think it's a cool, fun way to interact and be creative. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a couple ideas for some more scenes in my head. I haven't made yet because it takes time, but um. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and it's kind of reignited my creative side uh, by doing this. Yeah. Um and so I've I'm kind of I'm not I don't want to say I'm a character streamer because I'm still me, you know. I'm just using a beer avatar to talk through, <laughs> but a talking beer. But I think it's kind of become um, a neat turning point, and I um, viewership has not gone down. Let me just put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. So I feel like it's it's a interesting transition time for my channel but one that i've started to embrace and i'm kind of excited about so
0: yeah i love it i think it's i think it's fun and creative and hilarious
1: thank you no i appreciate that i've got a lot of great feedback and i'm trying to turn that feedback into better content so
0: yeah Uh, another thing you do on stream pretty regularly is you uh put some effects on your voice oh yes yes so how are you doing that
1: so i use the go xlr mixer um and it's I know many streamers are familiar. It's a pricey mixer, um, mm-hmm. but it's arguably. I used to have um, totally, so I had, I was running my voice through a DBX 286S um, preamp, and then from that to a mixer, and then the mixer to my microphone. So I, basically, the Go XLR does all the functions of not just what my preamp did. But it also adds in voice changing abilities, the ability to control different audio tracks at the same time. Um, You can do you can pre-record sound effects. You can do all this stuff. It even has an easy to tap mute button. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's an amazing tool. And I honestly need to. It's on my list to go back and alter and add a few voice effects. Uh, but it just i don't know that was one thing early on i've always had wanted to do on stream it was one thing that tiger rider did like he had a cool like setup with an echo like he had a foot pedal where he would make his you know voice do echoes i'm like man i would love to have some shit like that (laughs) so this (laughs) this product came out and i was kind of on the fence for a while and i asked some other streamer friends of mine who had it um what they thought of it and they said they loved it so i made the plunge and I've never looked back. It's a great piece of hardware and it's got some good software that goes with it. And it's just a really, it's, it's pricey. Like I said, I've been doing this for years. So, you know, I, I'm pretty good about the, what I spend my, um, Twitch money on. It's always to over the years, I've consistently upgraded my stream. You know, I didn't start streaming with having a four monitor setup with a stream deck and a macro board and a nice keyboard and, and microphone. And I mean, it started with a console. (laughs) <laughs> you know and i've been <laughs> fortunate enough to have an awesome community that's been so generous that's helped me you know introduce new hardware to to up the quality of the stream and make for some moments so i can do stupid stuff with voice changing effects and i'm it's <laughs> awesome it's awesome
0: yeah uh, another thing uh that you have on your stream is this is your like just chatting screen you're like moss isley cantina mm mm-hmm, mhm mhm uh, how S- specifically i want to know the little neon sign you have right how did you make that happen
1: so i actually that was a friend of mine who also streamed he hasn't streamed recently but it was someone i had i had met on twitch that was a graphic design artist and was doing different things in graphic design and i reached out to him and i just asked i told him my idea and i said this is what i have an idea of I would totally be willing to commission you and I'd totally be willing to shout you out. I mean, I pay him. I'm like, I'm not asking you to like do this for me for free. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, I said, but I'd also be willing to, if, if we can do this, I'd be willing to let people know and hopefully try and get you some more business as well. Um, cause he was just starting out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, so he didn't, I mean, he gave me a pretty decent cost cause he was new and I was, uh, he said it might take some time. I was like, I was, yeah, whatever. And so he brought it up from the design phase, and so basically he he did a, a rendered video, um, of he used I don't even know well I I don't know how he did it exactly, but he used a bunch of computer design technology to make a video, and I just loop it and I just project yeah. that on the back. That's the secret. That's the secret behind the Moss uh Cantina, <laughs> man. That's that's where it's cool. uh, it originated. It's cool. Yeah, and I've added some other stuff to the scene, like I've got another. I've got another video that has uh, that he created also of the effects of like the middle age stream, like the lighting and Mm -hmm. through hyperspace. And, you know, I've just added different visual effects, but I've pretty much just. In order to customize it to fit me, I've just hired people who are artists and have commissioned them to do various things for me, you know?
0: Yeah. So with all this creativity that you're putting into your stream and all these different ideas and stuff that you have, do you have any tips for other people? on how to like foster creativity?
1: I think if you've got an idea, just write it down. Um, if you haven't, I, I found that I usually act on ideas a lot better. If I just make a list of time I get something, I'll write it down and then I'll review those lists. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was going to look into this uh, and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And just be, you can take inspiration. I've just about every great thing I've done on my stream. I've been inspired to do it by another streamer and it's totally okay to take inspiration from other streamers and turn it into something that's your own. Like, um, a a lot of the things that I do on my channel, I saw done similarly on other channels and, Mm -hmm. um, it's don't feel bad if you're, it's not stealing. It's basically just repurposing a great idea and use it yourself. Cause there's tons of talented streamers and great ideas out there. You just gotta see what you like and say, Hey, if you like them doing something, well, how could you do that on your stream? You know? That's that's my thought process when I'm trying to be creative and add new stuff.
0: Totally, I I like that a lot. Oh, thanks. Um, you what what are your thoughts on playing music on stream? I know you have some intro music and it's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, so I don't play much in the way of licensed music. I try to play more just instrumental stuff. Um, and I mean licensed in the sense that they're gonna try and like tag. I just don't want to get in a situation where, oh man, I play this great song that I love on stream and now mm-hmm. I've got a copyright strike against me or something, you know? Yeah. So that's basically, I know it's not, it's kind of loosely enforced. Um, so I try to stay away from music that is going to get me a, a copyright strike. And I try and credit artists. Like I don't try and hide who I'm listening to, you know, um, mm-hmm. if somebody asks, I'll tell them. Uh, but um, yeah, mostly instrumental stuff because I just don't want to have to deal with, you know, getting in trouble over something that I would feel stupid about uh, if I had not. And I'm not, I'm not saying if you play licensed music on your channel, you go right ahead. I just, I didn't want to deal with um, any chance of losing my Twitch channel because of a, a dumb copyright strike, you know? Totally. Yeah, that's my yeah. basic thought process on it all.
0: Yeah. So do you use any plugins in OBS? Not a lot. I
1: actually try to use hardware for most of everything. Um I mean I use uh, yeah, I mean I, I use the ba- I use the OBS. I don't use uh slobs. I use OBS. Yeah. Um yep. And um no, I don't really actually use much. Um I prefer being able to control as much as I can through the use of um hardware when possible so the go xlr is great because it combines so many things you need for the audio side which is Mm -hmm. honestly if your audio sucks in your twitch stream then no one's gonna watch it or listen like that's that's number one rule like your video can be shaky and people will still tune in but if your audio is bad forget about it (laughs) yeah so totally Uh, Twitch has progressed enough as a platform that there's too many streamers out there with great audio setups that if you don't take the time to hone in what you got, you're not going to build an audience that way. So
0: I agree completely. Yeah. So are you using a stream deck to do most of your hardware? So
1: I do, I control some of my transitions and scene changes through a scene deck. Uh, I have like a button for particular songs and sounds and cutaways and memes, um, for actual scene changes, though, I I use a macro board um, that's oh. connected via USB. Um, almost all my scene changes are done through this macro board that Knackers actually custom built me. Uh, my friend Knackers, who streams, yeah, and um, yeah, so it's nice. Uh, I still need to get some labels on these things because sometimes I forget which button does what. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have a printer, so I've got a macro board that's totally blank, and it's all off of memory. <laughs> Dang. He, was t- he, told me, uh, he told me he was going to print me some labels this summer, so I'm going to have to maybe have him send me some in the mail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're winding down here, and I, uh, I always have a couple questions that I sure. ask the guests at the end. Uh, first, what keeps you motivated to do what you do? Oh, honestly,
1: it's all the friends that I've made, um, present company included. It's a cool way to meet people. And 99.9% of my interactions on this platform, uh, on Twitch have been positive. Uh, and that might even be an understatement. Um, it's, I've had very, very few negative interactions and experiences, thanks to Twitch as a platform, and that keeps me motivated to keep streaming and keep interacting with other people and keep playing video games. So uh, I see twitch there's there can be toxicity uh, in a lot of places on Twitch, and i I know that, but that's not usually the places I'm at on Twitch. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's easy for me to keep the positive mindset because I don't personally witness uh, I'm not saying it, it I'm not denying that it happens, but I do believe that most of Twitch is a positive place. And so I'm thankful for that. And it and it keeps me motivated to, to stream.
0: Yeah. Who are some underrated streamers you would encourage others to check out?
1: Underrated? What does that even like?
0: Um, I I would kind of go by uh not partner.
1: Okay. So some non-partnered streams that I Enjoy. Man, I have to go through my list. There's so many, really. Um, there's, I mean, there's I don't even know what to say because some of them are people that I met thanks to. I think I am Space Shark, who I know you you've interviewed in the past, is absolutely fantastic. I'd be yeah. amiss if I didn't say knackers. Um is another not unpartnered affiliate streamer who I've I've always loved his channel and what he does. Um Let's see. Uh, I've been watching in the retro community. I really love, uh, Zerg Hug Party. He's, he's an unpartnered shroomy, another one that's unpartnered. Unpar- um, Avanis, who I was introduced to recently, amazing. There's so many amazing streamers that put out amazing content that are not partnered streamers. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's one of the other cool things about this platform is that Twitch is, you know, given away to at least be able to make it even if you're not a partner you can still um you can still be a, they offer enough things for for people who follow you and support you that can help out so they they give you the option of of being able to build toward that partnership and and I think it's not perfect but it's certainly I think better than any other live platform that's out there so
0: of course yeah that's great How many five-year-olds do you think you can fight off before they overpower you?
1: Maybe I could probably take down like maybe four or five of them. Maybe (laughs) depends on the size. Like if you there was a I've seen some big five-year-olds. All right.
0: Yeah. On average, I think they're forty pounds. Okay. Five. I
1: could take easily, easily, and then if it got beyond that, I think I'd they'd probably overwhelm me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That'd be it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of the the usual. Somewhere range, in that range. Like, okay. Yeah, okay.
1: Like it, now, I mean, if around. I had some type of weapon that I could use to keep them off me, it might be even easier. But yeah, know,
0: yeah. it was I just think said. I think ConBot said if they were trying to kill him, if it was a fight to the death, he'd fight off 40.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably, <laughs> if it was a fight to the death, I'd be able to take more, but I would definitely yeah. be uh, having to arm myself. So <laughs> somehow.
0: And uh, where, can, where can people find you?
1: So you can find me on Twitch at middle-aged stream. Um, You can find me at Twitter at middle-aged stream. No D because character limits. Um, (laughs) And then same thing, uh, middle-aged stream on Instagram. Although I warn you, I don't really post there much because I, like I mentioned before, I'm really bad at social media. Um, And yeah, mostly on Twitch though. Um, if If you find yourself enjoying the community i do hang out i've got a pretty active discord server i definitely visit it several times a day and and interact with other people in the community and it's cool so um those are my most frequented spots on the internet
0: awesome well thank you so much for being here I i really appreciate it
1: well thank you for inviting me and um i'm uh been enjoyed some of the other parts of your podcast i think you got a really good thing going so keep it up
0: thank you